Find that bar of chocolate you've been hiding. It's time to unwrap this week's Coco News. 127 million euros of cocaine smuggled among cocoa and bananas. In November 2021, we wrote about Ecuador's first summit to deal with the important trade commodities of cocoa and bananas. However, although the organizers were keen to stress the importance of these commodity exports to the country, I don't think the shipment seized two weeks ago in Rotterdam was the kind of export they had in mind. A massive cache of cocaine worth 127 million euros was mixed with bananas and cocoa across three containers. Smugglers use cocoa to hide the drugs because the chemical odors released by the cocoa can mask the cocaine from drug-sniffing dogs. Prosecutors in the case issued the following statement. The first container came from Ecuador and were loaded with bananas destined for a company in Berendrecht. The drugs in the second container were found in a load of cocoa beans, also from Ecuador, but which had been shipped through Colombia and then came via Antwerp. The Dutch authorities are concerned about the recent increase in drugs being smuggled through the port, citing an increase of 39% against the previous year. A good start to the April to September harvest is expected in most of Côte d'Ivoire's cocoa-producing regions after increased precipitation, in contrast to the situation in Nigeria, which was impacted by the Harmattan. The rains are welcome, as this is considered the dry season in the country, and the additional moisture bodes well for a bumper crop in terms of both quantity and quality. The Harmattan, which has been affecting parts of Nigeria, might still affect Côte d'Ivoire, but so far the impact has been minimal. The average temperatures for the week range from 27.6 degrees Celsius to 30.7 degrees Celsius. Striking Ghana cocoa exporters return to work, but for how long? The Deputy Director of Public Affairs for Ghana's Cocoa Board, Cocobud, has announced that striking cocoa carriers will begin their return to work this week, following a nationwide strike which began on Wednesday, January 5, 2022. The cocoa carrier strike arose from demands to increase the loading fee to one sadis, less than 20 cents, with workers arguing that their pay has not changed in the past four or five years, despite others such as contractors getting wage increases. They also cited concerns over the working conditions they face, including the dangerous chemicals used to fumigate the cocoa at the warehouse. Godwin Okunsi, Spokesperson of the Cocoa Carriers told online news outlet, Joy Business, in an interview. From four to five years now, our salaries have not been increased for Cocoa Carriers. They've given us 62 pesewas per bag, for almost four years until now they've not increased it. Ghana's Cocoa Haulage has suffered without workers to load cocoa onto trucks for export. Claims have surfaced that prisoners have been brought in to help load cocoa into trucks. Cocoa carriers state they have seen prisoners at the cocoa loading sites, leading them to believe inmates are working in their stead. Okunsi said they know the strike is hitting hard on them, that's why they have to go in and bring the prisoners to work. Meanwhile, Mr. Fai Bofo, the Deputy Director of Public Affairs for Cocobod has given his assurance that some cocoa carriers will resume work as soon as this week, but others remain to be convinced. In a press conference in Accra, he stated, Unfortunately, not all of them have come back to work, 
but we do have some of them who have reconsidered the decision and are back to work. Reportedly an engagement with the government saw the price increase to 82 per sewers, but the carriers are adamant they will only agree to resume duties if the loading price reaches one sadies. Interestingly, Mr. Bofo went on to reveal, we are also putting in other plans to ensure that we do not get to a situation where this action will stifle our operations. While he didn't go into detail about what these plans might entail, one measure they are said to be exploring involves fully automating the process. This could spell bad news for Ghana's cocoa carriers who, while demanding higher pay today, could in future be faced with unemployment instead. Cocobard is said to be wary of this option and its effect on job creation. However, Mr. Bofo continued to say, we are talking about over 5,000 young men, so to say that we will get equipment to play that role will render them unemployed. Ghana's cocoa producers are clearly feeling the impact of the strike, but whether the carrier's demands will be met or if they will compromise remains to be seen. Cocobards undisclosed plans for preventing similar situations from arising again will, however, be a cause for concern for cocoa carriers moving forward. Two new reasons to be optimistic on industry sustainability. Why not start the new year with some optimism? I think there are two positive drivers of change in the industry, and they're coming from unexpected quarters. First, companies need to be ethical to hire the best people. It's nothing new for companies to try to identify and hire the best employees. This was the purpose of job fairs, in which companies would compete to convince the best candidates to work for them, while the rest of us would hope they wanted to hire us. That paradigm now has well and truly shifted. Too embarrassed to work at Facebook. My kids are in their mid-twenties and tech-savvy, but neither of them would consider working at Facebook. It's not because the money isn't good, it is, but there is now a stigma attached to working for the company. The once cool but brash tech startup was the place to go if you wanted to work with cutting-edge technology or science, including math and psychology. It's now considered a pariah for many. Some employees don't like to admit working at the company during social gatherings. How does this relate to big chocolate or coffee companies? So what does this have to do with the chocolate or coffee industry or the environment? The Generation Z, Gen Zers, especially those who are highly qualified, will choose where they work taking into consideration the ethical brand value of that company. The issue for companies can be explained with a simple equation. Low ethical brand value equals low chance of hiring top talent equals lower rate of innovation. As a Forbes article on May 2021 said, Gen Z is emerging as the sustainability generation. Because science represents such an important competitive advantage to our industry, the big companies need to be attractive to the new intake of qualified talent who have the passion and ideas that will sustain the company's growth. The need for food scientists in chocolate companies may be apparent, but the coffee industry also requires science and technology talent, just look at startups like Adamo, Demetria, or Cometeer, whose last funding round was $35 million in October 2021. Nestle, Mondelez, and Barry Colbo et al. need to attract the brightest young talent across multiple disciplines to stay relevant and competitive. 
Here's just one example from Barry Colbo, who spun off an entrepreneurial micro-brand in food tech. This is how they describe the company. Kaboss Naturals, a brand by Barry Colbo, was founded by a team of passionate entrepreneurs. With our startup mentality, we are committed to break new ground. With Kaboss Naturals, we craft the entire cacao fruit into 100% natural, added value ingredients. Meanwhile, Mars and others have been acquiring technology in companies that allow it to reduce sugars without losing flavor. The diabetic food industry is growing at a compound annual growth rate, CAGR, of 5.6% according to a study just released. If you're young, smart and qualified, it's a seller's market, and you can take your pick where you work. Money is no longer the only driver, and it may not even be the main one. Generation Zers are just as concerned about the ethics of the company they work for, as the salary. It's not just in the science disciplines either. Seemingly mundane jobs, such as communication or logistics, are critical to these companies too. Did you know that Apple's CEO rose to his position because he was considered a logistics genius? Telling their friends they work for a company, which then makes the headlines for deforestation, trampling on indigenous rights, or abusing the environment, is not an option many, with the options available to them, would even consider. Second, consumers tire of greenwashing. You're probably familiar with the role of banks in financing dubious green projects, but now advertising companies are finding there are consequences to being associated with unsubstantiated environmental claims. In May last year, advertising juggernaut, WPP warned shareholders that they had incurred a material reputational risk after activists campaigned against their role in perceived greenwashing of companies with the worst environmental records. The catchy phrase used by the environmental group was, the climate impact of an advertising agency is the work it does in the world, not the light bulbs it has in its offices. Their campaign focused on fossil fuel companies, but it served as a wake-up call for the ad industry that they too, were accountable for their actions. Campaigners created an online F-list of advertising companies to shame those involved. The campaigners argue that the advertising industry is doing real harm. As the F-List website put it their actions to slow government action by distorting climate debates. This puts more poetically the concern I had when Cargill lobbied against the proposed Deforestation Act in the EU. Cumulative, not radical change. Last year's actions have put the sustainability question on the board's agenda with a twist. It's not their own sustainability they need to consider, but those of the clients they work with. The best agencies will have the most to lose reputationally, and so it follows are the most likely to turn down companies with poor track records. Risk assessments might form part of the client engagement process. As the FT reported yesterday, an Australian campaign, Comms Declare, similarly urges communications professionals to choose your next clients with the climate in mind. In itself, this is not going to change the landscape, but instead, I see this as another straw placed on the camel's back. With incoming legislation and numerous other initiatives, the light activists are shining into areas previously left dark, will make any company running a quasi-sustainable operation rethink if it's all worth it. 
Thanks for listening to this week's Coco Newscast. You can also catch our other podcasts, including the Coffee Newscast and the popular Bean Talks with Nick and Max, which goes out every Monday. Stay safe, and I'll see you all next week.